Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. I recently learned that the average person spends a total of 13.5 years working, which is only slightly lower than sleeping. I know it's kind of scary. However, this stat is also why it's really important for us to emphasize why picking the right career fit is so important. To tell us more about right fit versus wrong fit is author and organizational psychologist, Andre Martin. Andre shares how you can craft the right fit career, gives us examples of questions to ask in your next interview to make sure you actually are picking the right fit team and company and career and strategies for building a successful career within your right fit. Lastly, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. Each review equals a thousand new downloads, and it's the number one way that you can support our show. Also, support a friend who needs a career boost by sharing this episode with them. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Andre. Welcome to the show. So tell us about your background and what you do as an organizational psychologist. Hi, Lauren. It's really good to be here. Yeah, so as an organizational psychologist, I spend my days trying to make work less work. And if I had to sort of double click into that a little bit more, I start off my career doing chief talent, chief learning officer roles at some of the biggest brands in the world. And today, I really am spending a lot of my time helping both talent and organizations just to build places where people can spend not just two years, but maybe 10, maybe 15, maybe 20. Yeah. I, <laughs> the tenure of people at companies has certainly changed. I'd like to see data on like the last 15 years and then like the last five. And then I posted something yesterday because we're, we're recording this at a time when there's still a lot of layoffs happening. And someone said retention doesn't exist anymore at a company. And I thought, oh, I hope that's not the case. Like I, I hope the retention is a thing that we still care about at companies. So it's good to, to know that you're studying that. How do we make work feel less like work. Can you give us an example of what a right fit at work mm. looks like versus a wrong fit? Yeah, I can. So in the book, I did maybe 100, 110 interviews to get ready for the book. And I think the most fascinating thing that came really clear for me was this idea of the way that people describe right fit when they have it, right? So when they when they have right fit, what they say is, and this is the metaphor I use, it feels like you're writing with your dominant hand every single day. You're doing the work, but it feels easy. You're excited to show up every day. You don't have the Sunday scaries and you just feel more like yourself. 
And then if you take the wrong fit experience, which is probably the easier one for people to relate to often, it's, I feel like I'm writing with my non-dominant hand. It's lower quality, it's frustrating, it's high stress. And really those were poignant conversations, right? Because in the end, an interviewer said, and I love this quote, it feels like everybody has a secret Dakota ring for success, except for me. Oh, <laughs> I mean, how does that just break your heart or what? And, and when you dig into that, I think what they're saying is I'm watching all these people succeed. Yeah. I know they have the same skill set. I know they say, have the same knowledge. I know I can do just as good a work, but it feels really hard for me. Yeah. And that's kind of the essence of it. I can remember having a job experience where it was definitely my my dominant hands, my right hand. It felt like a right hand job where I was really good at it. So it wasn't just like I enjoyed it, but I was also good at it. And one thing I always try to tell people to do when they're trying to figure out what career move to make next, I'm like, think about what gives you energy. So what you don't hate doing, but also what you're good at, what you're successful at. Sometimes I have found that a common theme here, maybe you did with your interviews, is that when you're good at your job, it can also feel like a better fit, at least less of a wrong fit. Lauren, you have, you're hitting on one of the, the biggest messages I've been giving people today, which is we're sort of doing people a disservice when we only say things like follow your passion. Yes. Do what you I love. Hate that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm the same way. What I find with the people I talked about right fit is two things were true. One is they were working in an environment that they understood. And because they understood it, more of their creative energy could go to their job. And not to all the other things that we have to manage when it doesn't work for us. And in that, what they said is not only was I doing something I was good at, but I was able to do it with so much frequency that I got better every day. And it's in the getting better that we start to find that right fit because we just gain confidence, we gain clarity, we gain skill. That is such a good point about the environment piece that you just said, where when you're in the right environment, then you can focus more on the job. I I've never thought about it like that. And so I that's going to give me something to think about for a long time. Why is right fit? I feel like so many people will tell you, I mean, it's very easy when they're not in the right fit, but does right fit job for people feel more elusive today than ever before? And, and why is that? I think it does. It does feel more elusive. And there's a couple of things that are happening. First and foremost is Social media and the internet has given us so many great things. But in terms of careers, the disservice it does for us is it makes everybody believe that somewhere out there, there is greener grass. Yes. <laughs> I'm seeing all these people having these wonderful experiences, these great offsites, these really amazing sort of work days. And mine doesn't feel like that. And what I will tell you is there's no perfect fit. Yeah. There's probably no greener grass. And even if it works for them, don't assume that that same environment, that same place, that same brand, that, that same company is going to work for you. And so I think that's one is just the social media has been hard. I think mm-hmm. the second the second thing that's happening is we're mistaking comfort for boredom or a lack of momentum. If you think mm-hmm. about a relationship with a company like a marriage or a long-term relationship, a lot of the basis that we find that keeps us grounded every day isn't excitement. It's not dopamine. It's actually just that comfort of knowing you have somebody that sees you and values you and cares for you. And when relationships go wrong, they often go wrong because we mistake excitement for something better. Yeah. You know, my new saying is the grass is green wherever you water it. And I love that <laughs> because I agree with you that too many, and I, and I think it's so easy to feel like the grass is greener. And I, I remember during kind of during that time of COVID where there was a lot of job hopping going around and people were feeling anxious 
for not leaving their job. They're like, everybody is leaving and doing something new. Should I be leaving that? Am I missing out? And so the anxiety goes both ways of, well, you know, this is why I'm a big proponent of recommending the good enough job. And people are always like, well, isn't that settling? And it's like, I don't think there's anything about this that's settling when you're able to have a life and a career versus having to have your career be your whole thing. And sometimes I feel like the job hopping to greener grass always is like your whole world becomes your career because to your point, like it's like having a relationship overtake your whole piece of your identity, you know? Yeah, Lauren. And here's what I'll say. I mean, you're bringing up a really important point that's in the book and something I'm finding more and more passionate about is there's an unspoken cost to job hopping and transitions that we don't talk about. When you job hop, here's what happens to you in terms of the cost is one is you set your network back to zero. Mm. Secondly, is your you set your reputational sort of stance back to zero. So who you are and your credibility you have, it kind of goes back to zero. You're starting anew. And third is you have to learn brand new language brand new ways of working and a brand new place to work in. And so here's the deal is every time you job hop, probably for the first year you're at the new place, all of your creative energy is flowing to learning how to transition. And when it flows towards those things, it's just not going to your craft. You're getting better at transitions and job hopping. You're not getting better at what you love to do every day. And so I just tell people, I'm like, if you got to go, go, but just know that there's an unspoken cost and that your creative energy for a while is going to flow to something other than your craft. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever. Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love. Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to amazon.com backslash Purina. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, we're talking about going from a job to a job. We're not referring to layoffs or career breaks or anything like that. We're talking about someone who like every year is like, I'm going to apply for a new job. Okay. So obviously your book is all about how to know if a job is a right fit for you. So let's start with that. How do we start with our current job? Let's start with people who are in their current job. How do you know if your current job is the right fit for you? The first thing I would tell people is that 
we need to do a lot more self-reflection than we're doing today, right? We're so busy. You know, we're living in this world where our hair's just on fire. It's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's all I can do is just to get to the end of Monday so I can get to Tuesday. And so we're not taking that moment to sort of take a deep breath, take three steps back, open your eyes really wide and ask yourself, is this solving for what I needed to solve for right now? And so in the book, a large part of the book, I put these excursions in here and they're sort of self-reflection activities that help people assess what they want. What do they value? What are they solving for? Who's their ideal leader? How do they like to do work? Where do they want to be in 10 years? And I think whether you're moving to a new job or just reflecting on the current one you have, start with yourself. Because if we know what we're solving for, what we need, we can look at our job and what might happen, interestingly, is you might look at a job, you're like, man, I might do this for another six months. And after doing that reflection, you might go, this is the best place I can spend the next 10 years. Yeah. So that's that's a starting point. Is there any hope after you do the self-reflection exercises that are in your book and you, you know, maybe compare it to your current role, let's say you find out this is the wrong fit. Like this is not aligned with my values. It's not aligned with what I want for my career for the next few years. The, the leader is not what I'm looking for. So, you know, it's the wrong fit. Is there any hope to turn a wrong fit into a right fit or what happens if you're like, this is absolutely a wrong fit for me? Lauren, it's such a great question. So yes, Absolutely. Just because something doesn't feel right today doesn't mean it can't be the best thing for you tomorrow. And there's a couple of reasons why. The first one is companies are always changing. Yeah. I mean, they are reorganizing and growing and shifting and moving and all those things. And so often what happens is, hey, if I just sit here long enough, this company is going to become a totally different company in 10 years or five years or three years or one year. And so the first thing is just it might be a moment in time. I think secondly is in the book, I talk about this idea of your workplace doppelganger. You know what a doppelganger is? It's your twin in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. in this case, what I'm saying is, hey, find the person in the company that has the same experience as you, the same knowledge, the same background, might even be doing the same job. And they're different from you on one particular element. They're succeeding and are fully engaged and you might not be. Because here's the deal is if you can find that person, you know what it tells you is that the company might be the right company, but the place that you're in right now, the team, the leader, the job, it might just be the wrong fit job. And I think separating those things is really important because often we sort of muck that up. We're not happy. Therefore, my job's bad. My leader's bad and my company's bad. And I think in truth, it might just be one of those things, not all of them. So if you can find your doppelganger, you might be able to stay in the company and just look for another role. I think the last thing is, is in the book, we talk about buffers. So we have eight or nine different buffers. Some are inspirational and some are relational that if you employ these, they help you gain a little bit more commitment, a little bit more energy and a little bit more optimism about the place that you're in. Can you share some of these buffers? I love this idea. Yeah, I'd love to. So on the inspirational side, there's a couple of them. The first one is find a connection to purpose, right? So one of the questions I fundamentally ask people all the time is, do you know why the world is better with your company in it? And if you do, are you connecting to that every day? Because literally, if you connect to the purpose and it resonates with you, then we can do hard things, right? So that connection to purpose is really important. The second one is, keep a legitimate relationship with time. Because what happens to us, I mean, we're all like A-type, want to succeed, really successful people. When it starts to go wrong, what do we do? We work harder. Yeah. We spend more time. We think just with more effort, I'm going to find success. And the truth is, when we do that, what do we upend, Lauren? We upend our lives. Yeah. Burnout. 
And our lives are the things that give us the fuel to go to work every day. And I tell people, I'm like, when it gets hard, do not make the mistake of trying to do more. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, actually change your focus to the other end, which is focus on the things outside of work. Work will become a little bit less important. You'll regain some energy and some footing, and you'll be able to think about the next step. I think on the on the relational side, there's a couple that that sort of stand out. I'm a big fan of workplace BFFs, especially in this remote world. We know that it's dropped like only one in three people have it. Mm-hmm. Having someone in the company that, you know, if you and I work together, I could turn to you and say, Lauren, is this place just crazier than me? <laughs> yeah. And you can say, no, it's crazy. And here's all the whys. But but you need that. Like we need yes. that catharsis. One of the things that I find really fascinating in burnout, and you may have read the book, it was called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking Stress. Mm-hmm. I love this book. It's written for, you know, really for women who are facing burnout, but I found it super valuable. And the book's premise is this, that part of the reasons burnout's happening is because the trauma we face at work, we never fully unpack it. Yep. And so we end up just adding and adding and adding and adding all this. And then we hit to a point where the day's not actually that bad, but all the stress and burden makes it too heavy to bear. And so mm-hmm. I, the BFF for me is like, if you have a BFF, you have a place to go through that whole stress cycle. Yeah. Get back to zero and then find your footing again. You know, our podcast is basically a quasi book club at this point, And we should absolutely put that in the show notes because it's all about completing your stress cycle, which is a whole nother set of language that I think that you can say to your BFF, like, I need to complete my stress cycle and I know what I need to do. And part of it is I need to vent to you right now. And, you know, we interviewed this woman too, who she talked about the happiness drivers in the workplace. So research about like what actually makes people happy at work. And you've already touched on two out of three. It was purpose, relationships, and autonomy. And so I'm sure you have a piece in there, a buffer in there about autonomy. But to your point about having a BFF, I truly believe sometimes it's not about where you work or what you do. It's who you do it with. I just literally did a post today talking about this idea of, hey, if it were me, I would look for a team yeah. of best best friends. Yes. When I'm working with people that just, they hold you up, they see the world you see, they're interested in your perspective, like you can do anything. Yeah. Uh, and so having that team that really, you know, you have this group in this community, and I worry about that for people, right? I'm sure you do too, Lauren, like the number of people who we adore working from home, I work from home, but in truth, we are starved for community. Yeah. And if we're not really careful, that piece, that real big fuel against burnout, we lose it because we're so transactional in these video conversations, right? We're looking to get off as soon as we can. We get the job done, <laughs> we turn it off, and we just don't have those moments to just go, are you okay? Yeah. The community and belonging piece, it's like a human desire that will not go away for sure, even if we have remote work. But yes. Right. I love this. So, Okay, this is some of the work that you can do related to seeing if your current job is a right fit. Now, there's probably a lot of people out there who are maybe job searching, whether it's been pushed upon them. I know mass layoffs have been really just awful in the last few years, but also mm-hmm. people who are maybe just thinking about, I I do want to do something different. So talk about how we can determine if a job is a right fit for us when we're in their interview stage or maybe even in the application stage. Can you tell from like a job description? For sure. So first and foremost, Lauren, I would tell people before you ever open a job ad, do that self-reflection because yes. the minute you open a job ad, you are in a big marketing machine. Yeah, I would right? agree with that. Like to do it before you like while the blinders are still on and you're thinking clearly. Because here's the deal, right? The minute you see higher pay, bigger title, cooler brand. Yeah. 
you just literally narrowed your focus to only being able to see the information that's going to convince you it's the right thing to do. It's confirmation yep. bias. It happens as soon as we're motivated to make a decision. And so, you know, for me, that self-reflection is the start. Secondly, is realize that the recruiting process is pretty broken, Yeah. right? It's become this sort of weird dating app of first dates, right? If I was, if you were interviewing me for a job, right, you're going to show up in the company with poetry, beautiful career sites. We're the best place to work. Here's all the things you're going to get. Like you're showing me the best version of the best company that might actually not be real. Yeah. Then I'm coming to this table with what? I've got my polished resume. I've got my stock interview answers. I'm dressed to the T's to look really good. We just don't know each other because that's not who we are on that random Tuesday Yeah. in December when we're both a little stressed out trying to get work done. And that's what matters, right? It comes down to, hey, when I walk in the door on any random day, how does it feel to work here? Yeah. How do you set strategy, collaborate? How do you kick off teams? How do you socialize ideas? How do you give feedback? How do you develop people? How do we gather and socialize? What's our relationship with time? What's my calendar going to look like? These are the questions that if you could get into those, you'll be able to tell for real whether or not it's the right fit. And the third thing I'd say before we jump into detail is, in the interviews, one of the first questions I asked after people told me the wrong fit story was, when did you know? Oh, yeah. And you know what, what they, they told me? They they literally it was almost the same conversation every time. They would sort of pause. They'd think about it. They'd start to answer. And then they'd kind of laugh and go, I knew it in the interview. Yeah. I knew, I you knew it in the interview. That. I knew it in my gut. And I did it anyway. Yeah. And they said, and I was like, why? And they're like, things like better pay, higher title, which we know are Logistics. Related. Yeah. They're just not related to job satisfaction. And then the other one was they said, it just felt really good to be wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it sounds oh. like a bad relationship. Like, why did you stay, stay with that guy? I don't know. He liked me, you know? <laughs> like- I, I mean, Lauren, that's, this, is, this is the analogy, right? Is, is how many first dates have we had that have turned into really terrible relationships? Yeah. And this one, and this is the thing, like our careers, we'll spend 13.5 years of our adult life at work. Every second, every minute, every day, every month. It's second only to sleep. Yeah. And yet we're willing to make that decision with so little information. So my advice is ask deeper questions. Like, you know, these interviews will do the whole interview. They'll ask you all these questions about yourself. And then like, hey, in the last three minutes, do you have any questions for me? And we always toss in a layup. Yeah. Hey, why do you love working there? I'm like, ask them a real question. Ask them, tell me about the person who succeeds there. Who are they? How do they show up? How do they work? Tell me about your last day at work before this interview and take me through your entire calendar and tell me how you spent your time, right? Talk to Mm -hmm. me about the reputation of this team. The last person that took this job, where did they end up going and why? These are things that are going to tell you a lot more about the company. And so just don't waste that moment on a layup question. You're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you. Explore the endless bounds of space with all new Lego building sets from engineering wonders like Lego Technic NASA Apollo Lunar Roving Vehicle to astronaut dog walkers. There is a perfect Lego set for everyone on Earth. First launched in 1978, space sets have been igniting people's curiosity through the ultimate creative medium of Lego bricks. Their newest collection is sure to propel the wonder for exploration and adventure across the galaxies. Be inspired by Lego sets that are out of this world. Visit Amazon.com slash Lego space to see the full collection. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's so many basic job interview questions too. And, you know, that's fine. And But as you get further along in your career, once you also have you're able to do these self reflection questions and maybe know a little bit about yourself. I feel like the stakes get higher as you go throughout your career too. And so it's almost like, look, there are beginner questions, but you're not a beginner. You're probably intermediate or above. And so you should be asking more of those questions. And I think that's, I love those examples. I, I really appreciate you giving us some examples because ultimately people who are going for a job interview for tomorrow are like, okay, I hear what you're saying. I want all that stuff, but tell me, what should I, I ask? Like, yeah, like what, what do I do? Hey Lauren, here's the other thing I'll tell people. And this is a strategy I've, I've started to employ as well is don't worry about the formal interviews. Mm-hmm. Have your own interview with the company in a different way. And here's what I tell people is go out to your LinkedIn net- network, Find a person that's worked at the company that you're interviewing for. Make sure they work there for at least three years and that they've recently left. Yes. And you can search this on LinkedIn, you guys, which we can talk about how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can search all that on LinkedIn. And once you find that person, reach out to them because here's two things that will be true. One is if they work there for three years, they know how the company works. And secondly, if they just just left, they're going to be willing to talk about it. Do you recommend that they've left for a quote unquote better opportunity? Because I've seen this advice of, well, you have to be careful not to talk to someone who, you know, left to go start their own company or was laid off or like, because that would obviously kind of influence maybe what they tell you. Well, here's the deal. It all comes down to the kinds of questions that you ask them. Like my questions are all about, hey, I don't really care why you left. What I want you to talk about to me is what it was like when you were there. Yeah. The, The questions we talked about early, how do people collaborate? How do teams work? How do they set strategy? How do they do prioritization? How do they give you feedback? Yeah. What's the approach to development? You know, what are the leaders like? What are managers like? What can be my expectations of how many hours I'm going to work there? Like ask them questions that are just, they're sort of based in truth. They're based in experience because then you're getting a sense on what that random Tuesday in December is going to feel like. Yeah. I love that. One of the things that you also mentioned in your book is you say to forget about the job description, instead focus on your first 90 days. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, I will. So you're only going to learn so much in the interview process, no matter how much of an investigative journalist you really are. And I really think we we often come into the first 90 days thinking I have to assimilate into this place. You know, so we look for opportunities where I can show up the way the company shows up. I can be who the company wants me to be. And in the end, you're you're really taking that time and thinking about fitting in yeah, as opposed to finding fit. So when we fit in, we are inherently trying to become something that we're not. And we know that's not sustainable. And we know that takes energy. I mean, any disenfranchised group in the world knows this. Many women that listen to your podcast know this, that they're asked to fit in. Yeah, culture asked, fit versus culture ad, right? Yeah, yeah. They're mm-hmm. asked to change who they are inherently to, yep. to be a success there, which I just, you know, as a talent person, I just find that so frustrating. And so what I'm saying for the onboarding is use this time to assess what you bought. 
<laughs> yeah. Treat it like a trial period for buying a car or buying a new toaster oven, right? You have that 90 days where you can return it and, and you're not hurt. This is your chance to really understand where do you fit? Where does the company work like you work? Where is it going to be like you riding with your dominant hand? And then how many places are you going to have to do the opposite? You're going to have to fit in. You're going to have to learn a different way of working. You're going to have to work outside your preferences. If that's 80-20, you're in good shape. If it's 60-40 the other way, it's going to be a struggle for you. And so you just can get a really good gauge on how much energy is it going to take for you to be a success here. Yeah. And I think your point about the percentages right now is really good because it's never going to be a hundred percent right fit all the time. I I will tell you guys, even in the job that I absolutely loved, it was never a hundred percent. I'm an entrepreneur. I get to do, you know, my dream job every day. It's not a hundred percent, you know? So I think that's, I, I always felt like setting realistic expectations was also very important to being successful in your career because if you have very unrealistic expectations or they're just truly not based in the reality, AKA I'm going to love every day that I show up here, that's going to be a struggle as well. You know, it's the grass is greener mentality is kind of like slowly killing careers. I feel like. It is. And and so like you, I take a very different stance on that, which is it's less around whether or not it's a perfect fit. It's more about, Hey, every day I'm taking stock and making sure I know why I'm here. Yeah. Right. That gets, that gets you away from mistaking comfort for boredom. Yes. It gets you over the hills of saying, Hey, everybody owes me the perfect day every day. I'm like, it's just not realistic. But if you can stand in your day with intention and say, Hey, here's what matters to me. Here's what I'm solving for. And here's the way that this place helps me do that. And just recognize there are going to be hard moments. Yeah. And if you're career oriented, if you're sort of an A type personality, hard things are hard and you like hard things. Right. So some of that is like some of the best opportunity to learn comes from hardship. I worked at the Center for Creative Leadership. They will tell you out of all the key events that happen to you, hardships tend to, when processed really well, become the greatest gifts for us from a learning standpoint and they become great accelerators of our career. Yeah, I love that. Andre, this has been such a good conversation and very timely because I, I I think it's important for us to get back to reality instead of, to your point, prioritizing job titles and brands and salaries to instead really prioritize right fit over the wrong fit. And, how, and then, of course, you just told us how we can do it. Tell people about your book and where they can learn more about you. Highly recommend this book. I told you this. We're basically a, a book club <laughs> on the side over here. So tell us everything. Awesome. Yeah. So the book is on all your major book retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the rest. It's available in both hardback and then on Kindle and Audible. If you listen to the Audible, you get to hear this guy's voice. I had the oh, nice. opportunity to record that, which was super fun out in California. <laughs> Terrifying, by the way. And then you can find me at, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at www.wrongfitrightfit.com. And on LinkedIn, I spend a lot of time posting. And the last thing I'd say is I run a newsletter called Monday Matters. And the intent of this is simply to say, hey, every Monday morning with your cup of tea or coffee, here is a read that's meant to seriously just help you with practical tips, have a little bit better week. Yeah. I love that. And so it's, it's a fun little newsletter. It's practical. It's got tips. I do a book review and haiku every week, which will make you laugh. And it's just meant to put a smile on your face and get you ready to, to have a little bit more right fit than maybe you had last week. Oh, we love it. All right, Andre, thank you so much. We'll put all of these links in the show notes and thank you so much for spending time with us today. Lauren, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please don't forget to take your time to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, A little insider tip is that one review equals a thousand new downloads. And that's the number one way that you can support our show. So we can be back here each week with amazing guests. And don't forget to check out Andre's book, Wrong Fit, Right Fit, Why How We Work Matters More Than Ever, which is linked in the show notes.